Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Welcome back to the table here this morning. One of the things that we've been talking about the last, uh, last week is we begin to open up a little bit about what the table means. The table has a lot of different meanings, and we talked a little bit about that. And some of you look at the table up here, and you're thinking, what did Pastor Tony do now? But the table is a very important piece of what I believe is not just a part of the family, but the part of the family of God. It's a centerpiece. We talked about last week how studies have shown how many times uh, people touch their phones and people swipe and tap. And, and we talked about how the average person touches their phone somewhere along the lines of 2,600 times. That's the average person. And the person that's on the high end touches their phone about 5,400 times a day. That's a lot of times. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's message, uh, I encourage you to do that when we talk about coming back to the family. We talked a little bit about how um, there's a distraction that the enemy would love to put people on. There's a distortion of faith. And on top of that, we're dealing with this feeling of isolation and distance. And that's all last week's message dealing with the family. Now, my prayer is that in the last seven days since, you, uh, since we met last week, that maybe you good, took a good look at your own life and you realized there's a lot of distractions in my life. And I need to return back to the place where I once was. See, there's a lot of people in this room, maybe a lot of people online or even listening, that we've realized that there's some things that the enemy would love to distract you from. The enemy does not like you. He never intended to like you. His intention is never to like you ever. So he doesn't like the fact that you are responding to God. He doesn't like the fact that you are coming to the table. He doesn't like the fact that you yourself are, are being used by God. So he's going to do everything he can to pull you away from those things. Well, this morning, I want to talk a little bit about going back to the call. Last week was back to the family. And this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about back to the call. Now, let me, let me kind of talk for a moment about some of these things. But before I do that, I'm going to invite our roundtable uh, preaching team. These are the people that I primarily use uh, as uh, part of my preaching team. First one is my wife, Alicia Cruz. Come on up here, Pastor Alicia. <laughs> pastor Corey, our next-gen pastor. And Sammy Strayer, our Connections Director. So I asked them to come sit at the round table with me even though it's not quite round we get it <laughs> I knew it as long as you were taking notes that's perfectly fine I invited them because what I did want to do is I wanted to sit at the table for a few moments and this is a very different than what we normally do on a Sunday we should have put some food on the table while we were at it we, lost, we missed it we missed this chance 
We you missed it. Some leftover rolls from the volunteer. Somebody get the leftover rolls from the volunteer dinner. Okay, no. <laughs> there was a few left over. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of throw some questions out in a few moments, but I want to preface the table um, because you guys are brilliant minds. Brilliant minds you are. And I am, I, I oftentimes, I look forward to when I'm not speaking, where I can sit there and hear from you, hear what God gives you guys. But I wanted to kind of lay the foundation for us this morning. And uh, sometimes when we're talking about the call, there's a lot of times that people will determine the importance of their calling by the reward and the depth of their reward, right? Sometimes people look at their call and they go, well, you know, if it pays well, it must be a really rewarding thing, right? People look at their call and they go, well, it, you know, if I don't get paid enough, it means I'm not important. If that's the case, there would be no churches, there would be no pastors. There would be a no a lot of things out there. It's not about what earthly rewards you get. And I think everyone at this table, I think you all know that. But I think the world in general doesn't realize that it's not about what you get, but what you put out that really matters. Right? When dealing with the call of God in our lives and what God is doing in us, right? So, for instance, a lot of people think, well, if I can make a high income or I own an expensive home or I have a really nice fancy car, um, you know, maybe it it's works by battery or maybe fuel, it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe fame, Maybe fame, if I could just be famous enough, then maybe my life would matter. And isn't that the biggest fallacy out there that somehow if I can have the nicest thing and the nicest car and the nicest home, that maybe I'll be happy. But really, there's some people that are very unhappy that have the nicest homes, the nicest cars, the biggest incomes. You know, they're getting six figures easy. Their bank account is full. The bank is like, slow down, there's too much in me but they're still not happy, right? Some of you are like, I want to know what that feels like, Pastor. I want to testify. Yeah. We'll pray. Um, but God sees the importance of your calling as how you are utilized, not so much how you're rewarded, right? So your calling will be difficult to judge sometimes because even God will uh, oftentimes put you in an uncomfortable situation. We think just because it's uncomfortable, it can't be God. But <laughs> come on now, you have a microphone. Amen me for a moment here. It's not true because the truth of the matter is that obviously you're going to be uncomfortable in certain things you do in your life and your the comfort level does not determine the impact level. Your comfort level actually uh, goes the other direction. Oftentimes, the more uncomfortable you are, the more you rely on God, which he gets to show off in your life. Come on. So we oftentimes look at it in reverse. We look at it backwards, don't we? Where we say, you know, uh, if I can just be uh, comfortable enough to pay my bills and my, my family's happy and healthy, then I'd be right in the middle of God's will. Amen. Can I tell you that being comfortable doesn't mean you're in the middle of God's will? I, in fact, go the reverse. If I'm uncomfortable, maybe I'm probably doing something right. Right? Let's look for a moment, just for a moment, at somebody like Jonah. We look at Jonah for a moment, and Jonah himself, I mean, you're talking about, if you want to look at a guy that knew God, but then was faced with a task in front of him, 
We look at Jonah, and let me tell you something. When he was told to go to Nineveh, where did he go? Nineveh, in case you didn't know, Nineveh was 550 miles away. He instead decided to go to Tarshish, which was 2,500 miles away. He went 2,000 miles further than he was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he went the other direction. You know what that tells us, guys? And here it is. Are you ready? This is a nugget worth holding on to. When you want to run from God, the enemy will always provide a ship in the other direction. The enemy has no problem with you running from God. The enemy will always provide a ticket and a ship in the other direction. So as I uh, open up this cast, you can grab your microphones now and get ready. Here we go. We're going to talk about a couple of things. I have some questions that I wanted to put out there, and I don't want you to hear from me. I don't know if we can have the house lights up just a little bit. Make sure we have plenty of light here because the, the stage is extended with this, uh, this table. But uh, let me ask you guys this, because you guys, you know, you serve the Lord, you preach, you, you bring ministry. How many know that preaching is a small part of the big picture that happens with this leadership team? It's a small part. It's a, you know, just because they preach on us, that's a small part. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. And some of the best times we've had is sitting as a staff team just talking about the things that uh, God is showing us. And so I wanted to allow that opportunity in a room like this with you guys. So stay with me now. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys is simply this. What does the call of God mean to you in your life. And there's individual testimonies here that I wanted to kind of lay this at you um, and, and kind of share with us as a, as, a, as a congregation, as a fellowship. What does the call of God mean to you? And every single one of you have a kind of a different response because we come from different places. So I'll open it up to you, Sammy. I'll just start with you for a moment. What does the call of God mean to you in your life? And what did that look like for you? Well, the call of God on my life has been kind of like a centerpiece because it's something I've been actively chasing and pursuing for especially probably the last 12 to 13 years of my life. But when we were talking about this, the first thing that came to my mind was a dream that I had when I was a little girl, and I was roughly around the age of seven, and at the time, I didn't even really know that God spoke that way, but... Um, it was just this dream that I had that I was in the um, upper room of a church and there were stained glass windows and it was um, almost looked like a library in a way, but I definitely knew I was in a church and it was full of people older than me. And um, there in the center of this room, there was a phone and it was one of the phones that like you had the little spin dial. You remember those? <laughs> Rotary. <laughs> a rotary. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Alicia. I mean, it went like this. That's all I know. Um, but it, it just would sit in the middle of this room on a desk. And the, we knew in, the, in my dream, we just knew that the only reason that that phone was ever going to ring was because God was calling. And, and we just kind of stood around and all at once the phone rang. And I could feel as soon as that, you know, just to think about we're going to hear the voice of God. Someone's going to get to hear the voice of God. Someone's going to get to answer that phone. Like I could feel, I, didn't, I know what this is now. It was really the glory of God. It was his presence just filled that room. And it was so powerful. It felt like I could barely move. And everyone in that room just stood and looked at me. And I was the one that was supposed to pick up that phone and answer that call. 
And I just, I shook and I went over to the center of that room and I picked up that phone and I held it to my ear. And I, I, in my dream, I felt like I could pass out. <laughs> and, and then I woke up. And I've had, you know, a few decades, I guess, to chew on that dream. But I think what it's telling us is, it's showing, showing me, but I think it's something all of us can learn from, is that there are so many people that will look at someone else to answer the call of God on their life. And I, I believe the, the verse that comes to my mind is that many are called and few are chosen. And I believe that that phone is always ringing and it's always God and he's always calling all of us, but few will really choose to answer that call. And I felt like throughout my life there have been things that I know that God has called me to do, but it has looked so different. And I feel a lot of people have even kind of you know, thrown up an eyebrow or a question mark at some of the choices I've made. But really, if it's okay that it looks different than what the world may have expected for me to do, because I want to answer to whatever it is that God asked me to, to do, no matter what that looks like. And if I'm the only one to pick up that phone in a room, then I'll do it, no matter what that looks like. Good stuff. Good stuff. Pastor Corey, Pastor Alicia, what, what does the call of God look like? To, well, yeah, yeah, give a hand. That's fine. That's good. That's good. We all, we all have to make that decision to answer that call, you know, answer that call. Pastor Corey, Pastor Alicia, what do you think? What does the call of God mean to you in your life? Sure, yeah, I'll go. Um, first off, I'm uncomfortable right now, so maybe. <laughs> You're right in the middle of God's will. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, um, for, me, for me personally, uh, I think the call of God on, on my life means to me, um, Kind of like what Isaiah 61 says, and I feel like that's been spoken over my life many times from people that I look up to, and they kind of um, declare that verse over me, Isaiah 61, you know, um, binding up the brokenhearted, um, giving hope to, to people, and, um, you know, setting captives free, that kind of stuff, and um, I, I think that's the call of God on my life. I know I've said it multiple times when I'm up there, the biggest thing that I love is relationship. I love fellowship, I love relationship, and I think that's what we are called to do. Um, that's exactly, and, and to be honest, the call of God, I think, is kind of what we're doing right now. We're coming back to the table. We're coming to the table, building relationship, and exactly what we did yesterday. We had our senior breakfast, um, senior saints breakfast yesterday, just coming together, sitting at the table, and having a relationship, and uh, got to meet some beautiful people, and they were um, instilling some of their wisdom inside of you know, to me and kind of reverse. And uh, I just love that. I just think that's what the call of God is. I mean, we are supposed to be like a, rep a representation of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And his whole mission here was to restore relationship back to the Father. Yeah. And so we are supposed to be like Jesus, right? And so I think his whole mission is relationship. And I think that's why it's such a burden on my heart for the same thing, so to have relationship. And so I think the call of God in my life is just that, you know, to help bring people in, and like I said, Isaiah 61, um, you know, rebuke the darkness out of prisoners, that kind of stuff, you know, just help people. And, and the way to do that is have relationship. So, yeah, yeah we can find a lot of uh, peace and relationship. And there's people that have been through things that you've never been through, you know, and to have that connection with someone that's been through some things, they can then share and impart that uh, on you. Lisa, what do you think? What do you think about when you think about the call of God and what that means in your life? Oh, the call of God came so early in my life. I was five years old, and I told my parents, I am going to marry a pastor one day. Come on now. 
But you know, um, but my identity has never been found in a title of that. And it hasn't been even found in being married to this amazing man. It has been. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. It has been a, I, I know that the Lord has uh, stamped his seal upon my heart. And I knew that at a young age, at five, I gave my heart to the Lord. And I just knew I was called into church ministry. At seven, he filled me with his Holy Spirit. And I have been chasing the Lord all my years, all my days. I can truly say, like, I just sought the Lord through all my years of growing up. And it wasn't because I was better than anybody else. It was just because I had such a passion and a love for him. And uh, I still do. And... Um, so the call of God has always been something so heavy. It was a mantle so heavy on me. And I remember I was a junior and I was praying. I was taking the standardized test and I finished up and I was praying. I was like, God, what, what do you really want me to do with my life? Like, I want to serve you. And what do you want me to do? And I heard the Lord speak to my heart. And he said, wherever you desire, daughter, is where I will send you. And so I just like, I have just held on to that. And um, I know wherever the Lord places my feet, that he will give me favor to do what he's called me to do. And that's that Isaiah 61. And he has called me to preach the good news and to, to set those captives free. You know, like that is our call. And that is, it is a mantle that God puts upon us. And in, you may have a call and it may not look like you're here to serve as a pastor. That's okay. Do you know you can still have a call and serve in the marketplace? And Come you can on. have a call and you can serve wherever God has put your feet. And he will give you favor. That calling does not equate pastoring. Um, that calling is, a, is something that he has given you. And he's given you an audience and giving you favor over. And um, man, I just tell you, the, the call of God in my life has been so important. And there was times where I questioned, God, are you sure? You know? Are you really sure this is what I'm called to do? Um, there was things in my life that could have easily altered the call of God if I chose a different direction. And, um, and God kept his, his keeping grace with me. And I was able, and still am able, to fulfill the call of God. And, and let me tell you, there are times where you're like, you want it and you want it now, right? Um, when I was teaching, I was like, Lord, I so want to be doing something else for your name but i will do this right now for my family so i was in a in a frustrated place and then um and then i thought well financially how are we going to do this how are we going to do school how am i going to pay for private school and and work at the church and like i was just trying to figure this all out and i was like i told my husband i'm like well i can go find a job i have a friend who's hiring and he'll pay me good and um tony's like Alicia, what is your call? What has God placed on your heart to do? What is your calling? And then I knew I couldn't deny that. So, but God opened it up for me to be here full time, and He's He's my provider. He's taking care of everything. That's good. Can I just piggyback off that? Sure. I think also what I believe is, um, I believe whatever you desire is part of your call as well, right? And so, because God gives you the desires of your heart, right? And so, for me. As a, as a young child, I desired relationships so much, and so I sought it out so much, and now that's part of my calling. I love relationship, and that's part of my calling. When you had a desire for a husband that was a pastor, so you sought that out, right? And so, too much, but. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, I, I just believe that, you know, he gives you the desires of your heart, right? And so yeah. he puts those desires in you. So part of your desire is part of your call as well as I believe, too. That's good. That's good. I love, I love the fact that um, everybody at this table and, and while, you know, each of you have amazing gifts and I'm honored to have you guys on our preaching team, um, you're not the only ones that are called in this building. Right. Like there's people in the congregation right now that you're looking up here going, I could never do that. Those are the ones that God <laughs> likes to use. The ones that says, I can't do that, because then he will show off in your life in such a way that you'll be like, wow, this had to be God because I couldn't put two sentences together. And God helped me, and I'm fearful in front of people. Like, don't put that. Listen, let me be very clear. Don't speak that over your life either. Don't start telling people, I have this fear, I have that fear. All you're doing is giving that thing more ammunition than anything else. Right? And we got to be careful not to give ammunition to the enemy to then go ahead and, and disable you and put you in a place where you can't be obedient to God. And so be careful not to tell you, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm shy here or I'm that here. Listen, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being honest and real, but there's also a way to handcuff your purpose and destiny, right? Because there's a lot of things that we could have all, everyone at this table, including myself, there's a lot of things that could stop us from doing what we're doing right now. But we said yes. Sometimes the only difference between you and the people at this table right now is that we said yes. Will you say yes? And sometimes it's just coming back to the table and saying, Lord, I'm at the table of the Lord. I'm at the table right now. Use me however you want to use me. I want to throw another question out. And um, I want to talk about how does the call of God affect our lives? I mean, how important is the call of God in our lives? And I'll start with you this time, Leisha. How, how, how does the call of God affect our lives? Yeah, so I, I almost touched on it a little bit when I was talking. Um, I could have made choices in life that would have greatly altered what God wanted me to do. Um, usually there's always a boy involved, right? There's always a relationship, you know. And no, I never had that issue. Well. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Lost me. Maybe a girl for you. But, okay. no. but um but, you know, I, I could have swore I was going to marry my high school sweetheart. You know, I really thought that that was what God had for me. You know, I adored him all through high school, and he was handsome, and he came from a good family, and he was a believer. And I thought, this is good. This is good. And I went to college, and I, we went to different, you know, colleges, and I said, are you sure you're not called into ministry? And he's like, no. And I was like... Are you sure? <laughs> and um, I remember, and I said this. I said, well, Lord, we can make this work. <laughs> and he said, yes, we can. And he ripped him out of my life. And I had, I had such a broken heart. I had never experienced a broken heart like that before. And I was in college, and I was weeping, and I like, was a mess going to like chapel. And people were like, are you okay? I'm like, I was broken. I was broken, but the Lord had to break my heart in order for me to see clearly what he had for me, because if I would have tried to manipulate and make that happen, because I thought, well, this is good, right? You know, who, who was that? Um, who thought it was good? It was Saul. He, he said, this is good. We'll make the sacrifice. We'll do what we have to do to make this happen. Yeah. It wasn't what God had. And, he, and the Lord is gracious, 
because he could have, I could have really stumbled and fall, you know, if I would have continued that course. But the Lord said, no, daughter, I have something better. And he ripped, and it ripped my heart. But man, I'm so glad that God did because I look back now and what a difference my life would be, you know, because I allowed the Lord to, to lead me and guide me. And because I included him, because, well, I included him by saying, Lord, we can make this happen. We can make this work, Lord. <laughs> he said, okay. That's not how that works. Yeah, right? let me try. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad you decided to go the other direction. <laughs> Appreciate that. She's sorry. Oh, don't be it's sorry. It's an awkward conversation. <laughs> at the table. <laughs> it's all good at the table. Yeah. Right, Cor? <laughs> Uh, how does the call of God affect our lives, Sammy? How does, I mean, is it that urgent? Is it that a big a deal? Or Oh, it's, it's the most urgent because um, as I've been pursuing this, you know, it, it has been this hanging question mark, uh, especially in seasons of transition when you're just trying to find your place and the place that God has for you. This past year, there has been more transition in my life than I think all other 30 some odd years before that, just because I have been actively seeking God and asking him, where do you want me? How can I best serve you? And he already knows that I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm a yes girl. I'll go wherever he wants. Um, actually, I was just talking to my husband about this last night. We were talking about the, the rich young ruler when, when Jesus called him in and he said, oh, I'll go, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll do anything. And then Jesus just asked, if you will sell everything and come and follow me. And he missed out because he declined that. And I, I told, I said to my husband, it's, it is a little bit different when you have a spouse and children, but I am that kind of person that would have laid it all down and would have gone because I want what he wants for my life so badly. And um, over the course of just this past year, I, I was, you know, we're just trying to find the right thing that's, you know, for financially for our family, we've been trying to find that as well. But I was offered several jobs that just didn't have God's stamp on it. And maybe it would have given me a way bigger paycheck and maybe it would have taken me around the world or maybe it would have done something, you know, that would have looked really exciting to the world. But I knew in my heart deep down that that was some of these things that were offered to me, it did not have his fingerprint on it. And so when it comes to making, it's like the GPS of decision making. It's the navigation system of saying, okay, God, we are faced with choices every single day. And when we keep the call of God in the center of it, is this of you, God? That's really the question that I think we need to ask. And my life could have gone in <laughs> 50 different directions this year, probably. And even over the course of my life, you know, I was faced with situations, even like Pastor Alicia, where it could have gone. Had my husband not called me the morning, like a week or so after we met, if he wouldn't have called me that morning, I would probably be living in another country right now. If he would have waited 24 hours to call me, I wouldn't, I, w I know I wouldn't be here or who knows where I'd be. So it is when you're asking God for his, his call on your life, it really is a matter of sometimes minutes of making that decision to align your life with what he wants for you. That's good. Pastor Corey, was, I mean, what does the call of God look like? How important is that? How does it affect our lives? 
Um, well, I think you guys both nailed it right on the head. I mean, it affects your life drastically. If you, if you didn't answer that call of God, it would have affected where you are today, you know, in another country or what or whatnot. Um, if you didn't answer your call of God to what He's calling you to do, you know, that would have affected not just your life now, but the people around you too, as well. So it affects not just yourselves, but everybody. And I feel like we all we all have a piece you know, that, that we have to offer. Um, and I think our little individual pieces that we have, um, and if we take those pieces and we sew it into the lives of people around us, that just paints a, a, a beautiful picture of who Jesus is, right? Um, we all have our little individual pieces so that one man can't get it all together, but together we can get it all, right? And so if we can bring our little individual pieces together, I, I, I look around the room and, you know, we have the ministry fair going on and those are just pieces, mm-hmm. right? But you bring those pieces together, they're here in one room together, amen? Yeah. And so that's, that's what we are. We are individual pieces coming together to show what the picture of Jesus looks like. And, uh, and so that's how it affects people. When we can bring our pieces together, that's how it's going to affect other people around us because we're going to show them a Jesus that maybe they never saw before, right? That's good. That's good. Um, you know, the call of God, really, it affects everything about our lives. I mean, honestly, it affects every decision. Therefore, it affects our lives, right? If it affects every, if the call of God, if we look to the call of God, it's affecting every decision that we make. Right? Everything that we ever do, anything we ever believe, uh, it, it affects everything. And I love how Romans 11 tells us something really uh, amazing. Uh, it tells us this, consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Actually, let me go into it here. Um, Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts of God and his call are irrevocable. Are irrevocable. Like, God is not being like, he's not like, he'll call you to something. You're like, well, God, you know, I kind of had this other thing. And he's like, all right, you do your thing. But then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I need to, you know, he didn't change Jonah's call. Like his job was to love God, but he needed to love people. He's like, I could love God, but Lord, have you seen the people? (laughs) Right? Because that's exactly what happened, right? Isn't that what happened? Like he's like, Lord, I love you, but have you seen the people you asked me to minister to? (laughs) Like they're jacked and you probably want to revisit this again. I'm going to give you a moment, God. Get yourself together, and we'll talk. <laughs> like, no, no, go 550 miles this direction and go talk to the Ninevites. No, I'm going to go ahead and go 2,500 miles the other direction and talk to the people in Tarshish because they need Jesus too. Like, yeah, that's nice, they do, but I got a Tarshish prophet already. I need you to take care of Nineveh. All right? When he went into that great fish and that great fish spit him out, he didn't be like, all right, all right, all right, you can have your way. Go to Milton instead. You know, he didn't tell him go a different direction. He told him, go. Finish your call. What I called you to do, finish it. So it, it affects our lives in every way, right? And so let me ask you this question, Pastor Corey, since we were already on this direction. Like, does the call of God come to everybody the same way? Because I think a lot of people think, Okay, the call of God means I, uh, Pastor Tony says something or whoever, whatever pastor you're under, right? He says something, you come up to the stage, you put your hands up and you go, okay, I'll be a missionary to Africa. You know, like that's the only way God does it or that's the only way that God uses people. Like pastoring or ministering 
with the Bible in front of me is the only way that God will use me to minister. Like, is that the only way? Are there other ways? Because we had a ministry fair here today that we're going to release to you guys to in a few minutes. But, you know, what does the call of God look like that way? And how does the call of God come? Does it come to the same way, the same way to everybody? No, I don't think it comes the same way. I think our, I think our call to God is is the same call, right? I think you, you, you said it perfectly. We are called to love God, love people, change the world. That is the call, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so I think the call for everybody is, is pretty much the same. It's just how it looks and then how it comes to you. Um, so the assignment, the assignment. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so, um, I think it comes to everybody differently. So I know, through my calling, it came from different things in my life, tragedies, growing up without a father, and then having that desire to be a father and having that desire to um, have relationships because I didn't feel like I had that relationship growing up. And so that was part of my call then. And so that's what came from. My my call came from different experiences in my life, whereas um, Sammy's call came from a dream, right, of, of picking up the phone. Um, so, yeah, I think God can talk and use people in, in mighty different ways and stuff, and it won't always be the same as, as, as what mine was. Your guys' journey is not my journey. Your guys' journey is not Sammy's journey or Pastor Alicia's or Pastor Tony's journey, and God's going to use you and speak to you in a much different way than he's going to use me. He, he uses me through music and lyrics and sports and that kind of stuff, and not many people um, have that uh, passion for sports and music like I do. So God uses sports and ministry to speak to me in different things. So, and, and, and God knows your heart. He knows your desire. He knows your journey. And, and he's going to use whatever, I mean, that's what parables, that's what parables was, right? He used whatever the, the community needed at that time, and he broke it down in that way. So That's good. That's good. Ladies, so the same question, um, how does... Um, the call of God come to people? Does it come the same way? Does it come differently? Because obviously, you know, the will of God is always something everyone's seeking, right? So how does that look? Well, look at scripture. The calling was never the same for each person. It was different. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God has equipped us with exactly what we need and gives us desires of things that we want to long to, to, to be used in, you know, like I am not gifted with a video camera and a camera, like don't give that to me. I'm not, I'm not able to do the things that Bailey does. Like guy is incredible at what he does, but that is his gifting, you know? And so everybody has a different portion of a different gift and we can't compare gifts, Mm-mm. you know, um, there's no place for that because each are needed. Yeah, each of the part of the yeah. body. Yeah. And so the, the gifts. So it, so, but, but the call, though, is, is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're older and you haven't been activated yet in anything. Does that mean it's too late? No. You know, or maybe you're a child or maybe you're a teen. God calls everybody. That's good. And he can use anybody. And what I love is you've heard that phrase here a lot. There is no junior Holy Spirit. That's because we believe in using everybody. Kids, teens, you are not excluded from that. If anything, you are very much included here and in that we want to use you because we see the God in you. 
Amen. And a lot of times, right, the, the reality is, uh, Sammy, I think the big thing here is a lot of the times the questions is, look, I, I, I want to I know the will of God and how do I find it? And one of the ways that I've always used in talking to people is, you know, it's, it comes from the things that I'm passionate about, that seeing, and the things I'm so passionate about that I have not seen. Right. And so the, your loves and your and your hates, the likes and dislikes. And so a lot of times for me, it was, man, I, you know, I see some people that have, they have a passion toward this. So they want to do that because they have a gifting. Then there's other people like even you talked about just a moment ago that think that I'm called to do this because I didn't see it in my life. And I don't want anybody else to go through that. And for me, as a as a young man, God, God put on my heart, you're going to be a father to the fatherless. And I'm like, Lord, I'm only 16 years old. I'm going to be a father to the fatherless. He was laying the groundwork for me today. He was letting me know I got a call on your life. I have my hand on your life. And so it comes from the things you love to see and the things you hate to see. And so for some people, it's the passion and then the opportunity for redemption. Right? I don't like to see people in jail, so I'm going to try to do everything in my power to stop them from going to jail. So I'm going to provide an after-school opportunity or something like that. How, how have you found how the call of God comes to people? And, and, and it comes, some people think you have to be crying and whipping and lifting up your hands in the middle of a church. Sometimes it comes differently, maybe. Yeah, I think it does. It, you know, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush, but he wrestled with Jacob, you know, and he, and he spoke through a donkey. Like, there's so many different ways that we can hear from him. Uh, but I do believe that the giftings is one of the biggest uh, hints towards that direction because uh, my whole life, I've, I love dance. It's one of the things I'm most passionate about. I love to dance. That's when I feel my most like myself is when I'm expressing in that way. And I, I thought I was going to be a Broadway dancer when I was 12. You know, that was, that was how I thought that was going to manifest was that I was either going to go to New York or go to LA, you know, but now fast forward all these years, dance is what I'm using to minister to these young girls, young ladies and young men who I'm trying to teach them about their identity and how they have confidence in themselves and and when I get the opportunity like how God sees them and that they are worth something and so there's now he's using me as a teacher where I thought you know I would be in a Broadway show but that and it, it doesn't it didn't look like the way that I thought it would when I was a kid but now he's getting he's using that gift and that passion to do like what you said to counteract the thing that I really can't stand the most is to see a young lady or a young man not even be able to look at themselves in a mirror and dance we dance in front of mirrors we're in front of mirrors for hours and hours and in this generation most of them can't look at themselves in the mirror because they're ashamed or because they they have no confidence and that is something that it grinds my gears now enough that I I'm like, that is part of my purpose. I'm going to use this gift of dance to teach them about how much they're worth, to teach them to lift their chin and to be confident and to love themselves and to know how much God loves them. So that's how he uses the passion, the things that drive you to then counteract those things that um, you want to see undone. That's good. That's good. Good stuff. So one of the, uh, one of the final questions I want to kind of throw out here is, you know, we, we really worked hard the last few weeks to put together a, a ministry fair like this here because we're going to end our service a little early today so that you have the opportunity to stop at every one of these tables if you can. Even if you're like, I don't really, you know, I'm already involved in ministry. All we ask you to do is stop at each one of these tables. 
find out what's happening. If you're curious, even just a bit curious, sign up. There's a sign-up sheet at every one of them. Uh, because we believe the local church is an important part, yes, of what God is doing. We believe that the local church is not uh, a vehicle. Uh, we believe the local church is the most important organization on planet Earth. Now, there are people that are within that body that they're the vehicles for ministry, right? But we believe that the, the church is where the, we are empowered and given the right opportunities to heal, to pray through, to discern, and go out. And that's where the ministry happens, right? But there's some ministry happening in, within these, these four walls here in this body. And so how does the local church ministry impact us as a body, as people, but um, I'll start with just that thought. How does the local church ministry benefit the average person? Maybe a Pastor Corey, uh, Pastor Alicia, and Sammy. We have a lot of people sitting here, even people streaming online right now that are watching us. What does being involved in local church and how does that affect our lives? I'm going to just throw it out there. Whoever wants to jump in can jump in. So how does being activated really affect your life? Um, I think for me, kind of going back to what I was saying before, is that we don't, we all have our individual pieces. And so I think you discovering what your piece is, P-I-E-C-E, and also what your piece is, P-E-A-C-E as well, because, um, we don't want you to just throw yourself into ministry when it's not really your calling, right? Because then you're going to be unhappy and it's going to bring a, a sense of unpeacefulness to them, to, to that part of the ministry as well. So I think... I think we, we, we believe that it has to be something that, that you feel led to, that you feel called to. Does that make sense? And so figuring out what your desire is, what your peace is, the, th- the peace that you have to offer, and you want to bring it peacefully, <laughs> if that makes sense. Find out what your peace is and bring it peacefully. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I would think. Yeah, I mean, good stuff. can you imagine if someone came up and said, I feel called to play the keyboard, but they never played a day in their life? You know, that wouldn't make sense. And um, that's why we do have tryouts. That was only one time, and I really felt led. I really felt led that day. But with that being said... Sorry, you're bringing it up. We're the the body of Christ, okay? So maybe you're not a finger that can play the keyboard. But maybe you're a mouthpiece to, to speak. Maybe you're a foot. Maybe you're a hand that can, that can work. God has given us all giftings. I mean, let's, let's go back to some basics. Maybe you can cook. Maybe you can um, rake leaves. Maybe you can, maybe you love children. We need children's workers. Like you would not believe. We need someone that is not afraid to speak life into our children and to speak truth when they are hearing so much garbage in schools and in the world and they don't know who they are they don't know if they're a boy or a girl come on we need some christians that will say you are a child of god and god made no mistakes when he created you come on come on we need the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs to be active and moving and, and working together. And if, if I'm missing a hand and the rest of my body's working, I'm still going to notice that there are certain things I can't do now because I have a hand missing. This the same thing within this body. If, you, if we are missing a portion or a piece, we are um, 
crippled or we're handicapped. We, we are not the full working capacity that God has wanting us to be. There's a reason why he's created you with those giftings. There's a reason why he's giving you those passions. It's because you're, you're, you're to be a hand or you're to be a foot. You're to be a leg. God has created you to do something. And if you're not being active, now is the time. There are leaders that will come alongside of you. If you're not ready, we, we want to pour into you so that you are ready. And you do need to be skilled if you want to be on the worship team. You can't, you can't just say, I'm gonna, I believe the Lord's going to show me how to play the keyboard. That won't happen. <laughs> you need to go get some lessons. <laughs> and I think another, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of both of you because it, I love how the Holy Spirit works that way. But... Um, as far as how you serve, I think one of the most important things to remember is not to serve out of obligation. Like, not to do it just because, well, now they're looking at me and now I think I, I feel like I have to do something. No, do it because it's an opportunity to connect. And it's an opportunity to be a part of something. And a lot of people that they come to church and they're just not sure and they say, oh, I'm, I don't feel connected. I don't feel like I have friends here. I don't feel... You know, they have those feelings of kind of being still lonely. Well, one of the best ways to get connected is to be a part of a team and, and to put yourself in. But again, not to do it because you feel obligated to do it, but because there's so much opportunity for growth. There's opportunity for community. There's opportunity to learn. And, and there's just so many things that God can do through just your ability or willingness to raise your hand and say yes to be a part of something that's so much bigger. Yeah, I, I really like that because um, oftentimes when we think we are volunteering or we are helping out or we are doing something to step into a role, we feel like we're doing it for other people. But oftentimes, how many of you guys know a lot of times you're doing it to, it's, it's something for you as well, right? You're filling a void in yourself because it is creating relationship for you. You are expanding and expounding on your own gifts and it's, and it's building you up too. So it's not just for other people when you serve. You're not just serving and volunteering for other people, but oftentimes it's for you too. So I like yeah. that. There's a lot of times I've done ministry and I thought I was going to do ministry to bless others. And then I turn around and I'm like, wow, I feel, I feel like, like God ministered to me through something. Like this last week we had over 35 of our own freedom people kind of, uh, you know, come together and we, we partner with Hand Up Foundation right nearby here in Milton, who we support on a monthly basis, but we went, we went a step further down the, down the road. You know, we said, let's go there and be hands and feet. They need somebody to help pack some boxes for some families in need. We had over 35 of our own people show up and pack boxes. Come on. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. that's. And when you walk and you see, we have people in line and, and just putting stuff together. And, 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 and I was talking with April, who was kind of overseeing that a little bit that day. And she said, well, you know, they're only going to be here for an hour. Are they going to be able to do 103 bags? Well, yeah, we did. <laughs> because we had so many people that showed up to do that. How amazing. I was blown away by it. That's amazing, right? Pastor Cole, you, yeah. you got a chance to see that firsthand. I showed up a little bit later because I'd take care of some other things. But you were there from the beginning. I mean, how did that look for the local body to be a part of that like yeah, that? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And we got everything done the way that, that, the way that they needed to get done. And we got it done in a, in a timely 
uh, manner. So absolutely. And then even just to piggyback on that, like I was saying before, it's, it's, it's oftentimes for, for you as well. I, uh, Earl, just to, just as an example, Earl's been doing uh, prison ministry. I know you guys know and heard, and I've been coming, I started going with him in the, in the prison ministry and, I went so you to, went to prison this week? I did. Yeah. I, no, not this week because of the snow. I got yeah. stuck, actually. <laughs> but the week before that, and, and just like what you were saying, oftentimes, like, I was getting filled up there. So I thought I was going there to minister, like, with Earl and everything, and something clicked into, over me. And I know there was times through COVID, like, this is something that Earl has a passion for, and he was really devastated he wasn't able to get in there. And the things that, that he was saying was, I know people are trying to break out of prison. I'm trying to break into prison because he wanted to get <laughs> in there so bad and, and and now I understand what he was saying because when I was there with him there was something there that was triggering inside of me I'm just like wow like this is amazing like I'm getting filled up I'm here thinking I'm here serving and gonna help somebody and it was for me <laughs> it was for me so awesome. so awesome so awesome to hear that you went to jail yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well that's how we're gonna relate to people so that's a good testimony but I think the reality is that's absolutely right, isn't it? It's, it's you know what, the call of God in our lives, you know, it's, it, it looks like this sometimes. It looks like filling up boxes. It looks like loving God, loving people in a real practical way. And so when we look at, um, you know, we had a volunteer dinner on Friday night, and I loved it. I love getting a chance to, to say thank you to our volunteers and everyone that, that helps, support, uh, helps support the church by being a part and volunteering, what a wonderful opportunity we had to just sit and talk and just fellowship. But what a wonderful thing when we can love God by loving people, yeah. right? It, it, you know, we can often kind of separate that. It's about love God is vertical and loving people is, is horizontal. Well, sometimes I love God by loving people, even if they're unlovable. Anybody ever met somebody unlovable? No pointing, no pointing, right? You ever met somebody unlovable, right? And so, you know, when you love the people that are unlovable, you are shining God's light in your life. And so what we did was we've been uh, brainstorming the last few uh, weeks uh, and even longer than that. We've been talking about doing a ministry fair. So all the different ministries that are involved in this church, from men's and women's to worship to youth to care ministry. The care ministry often, you know, you know, is something that we're really trying to ramp up a little bit. You know, if you have needs in, uh, within the body. You know, we, some people need, you know, their leaves right. They can't physically do it. That's what we want. We want to step in and help out with that. And, and, and if you have, you know, you're, you're stuck meals, you're stuck in snow, all those different things that are caring for people. And that's one of the things that we try to do as a church. If at the very least, we can put some meals together and help some people. Whether you came out of surgery or you had a loved one pass away, we want to help by, you know, um, not just sending flowers, but also loving you by bringing a meal so that you don't have to worry about that. And so, Leisha, I know you and uh, your heart and my heart 11 years ago when we launched this church was to be a different kind of church. We don't want to try to be what every church isn't because we're not the answer to all things church. You know, we never try to say, well, this church is doing that wrong and this church is doing that wrong. We're going to open up the perfect church. <laughs> That's not the goal. Never has it been known. We, we still haven't reached perfection. Nope. And I don't think we ever will. But one thing we realize is that there's other people that have needs. And what we can do, what we can't do, we'll, we'll, we'll support. We'll financially send a check to what we can't do. But if we could do it within the body and help people. How many times do we try to set up a meal train sometimes? And people just don't know if they can be involved in that. 
if you could cook, set up a meal chain, we'll be a part of that, right? There's so many ways that you can be part, you know, whether you're really handy, you know, that's a great way. If you can cook, if, if you are um, really gifted at visiting people and talking with people, there's so many people that could just use a visit. Do you realize that Pastor Tony and I, and even Pastor Corey, we can't possibly visit consistently the people that need to be visited. Um, we want to try to do our best, but we have. Pastor Corey works another job. We have children. You know, we have things that have to get done here on a weekly basis. It doesn't mean that we don't want to do this. It means that we are not it. We are it. That's right? right. We are it. And so it takes pressure. It takes pressure off of us, you know, and, um, but we all have to understand that we are the body of Christ. So if someone's sick in the hospital and it's been a crazy week, someone should be able to go and represent freedom not, it's Pastor Tony's job, and this is what we pay him for. It doesn't work that way, guys. And that is not the world that we live in right now, because there is demands after demand after demand. And so, can you imagine if we all come together, and we're active and working together, and we're like that early church in Acts, and we're meeting the needs, we're breaking bread together, and nobody's, nobody has a want? We can do that. We can be that. There is a ministry at each table. You can can you just smile and say hello to someone? Then you can be a greeter. Can you help someone to their seats and, and watch over just as an extra layer of security? We're not a security team, but just an extra layer of knowing what's going on in the building. You could be an usher. There are so many things that you could be involved in. And there is something for everybody. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up here in a moment? I think, Corey, you mentioned something, and I'll kind of close with something that you mentioned over uh, staff when we, we were talking about some things about this roundtable. We were talking about uh, missing. Uh, if, if you are called to do something and you don't respond, you're a missing body part. And the body can't function with the missing body part the way it's supposed to. Right? And, and so if everyone is a piece of the puzzle... And I shared this a few weeks ago, last year, around this time, we did a, during holidays, we, we did a, a thousand piece puzzle as a family. After three hours, my kids were like, yeah, we're done. And we were like, no, you're not. We only did 46 pieces. Like, you need to get on this. And so like three days later, you know, we, we finally were putting the last pieces in and we, we went and we put the 999th piece in and we couldn't find the thousandth. Yes, I know. That's what we said. This happened to us twice. I wanted to throw the plates on the table. I just wanted to be like, no way. Everyone look right now. Find the thousandth piece. My life was not complete, you know, till we get that final thousandth piece. But, you know, I, we, we, we laugh at that now. It wasn't very funny back then, you know. But that's exactly what the body of Christ is. When you don't answer the call of God in your life, all the pieces aren't in play. But how about if we all responded to the call of God in our lives? Amen. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask our team to stand up for a moment. And I'm going to ask you, for those of you that are at me, just stand at your chair for a second, uh, team. Uh, and you guys, that maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what? I want to be used by God in any way, shape, or form. Just right where you're seated. Just lift up your hands right where you're at. Just say, I would like to be used by God 
in any way he desires. Just lift up your hands right now. Just lift up your hands. Really high. Don't, no halfway. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to bring you up here. But uh, the, this pastoral team and this team leadership team, I wanted to extend your hands right now. We're going to pray right now. Father, I pray for every person, those of, you, those of you that are online right now, those of you that are listening to this broadcast, and those of you that are live in this room, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would walk in obedience to the call of God in your life. I pray that you would, um, you would walk in, in steady obedience to his anointing on your life because every person at the sound of my voice has been anointed to love God and love people and I pray right now that you would touch every person at the sound of my voice that has been called to love God love people and change the world Lord I pray release your anointing that they may uh, uh, find their avenue and their stretch because it ministries a stretch find their stretch so that they can be used by you God I thank you and I bless you in Jesus name and all of God's people said Amen. What we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and release some of our team members. Go ahead, guys. Give it up for this wonderful team, everybody. Yes. <laughs> team leaders can head to their, their tables. If you are the head of your table or responsible for table, head there. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everyone else to stand to your feet for a moment here today. And I want you to know something. There's a lot of opportunities for ministry here. I'm going to invite you to be a part of this. The church in general has a lot of ministry opportunities. This is a great place to find yourself. And I invite you to come to the table and be a part of what God is doing here at Freedom. We have a wonderful uh, a team member at each of our tables. They would love to fill you in on what's happening. And so our team back there is going to play some music and we're going to give you guys the time you need to go ahead and ask questions and go talk with them. Some of them have snacks at their table or whatever uh, and all this. So go ahead and stop at the table after I release you right now. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Use these people for your honor and for your glory that this ministry fair in these next few moments would just help people to be more in tune with what, free, what freedom offers and what other opportunities are outside of just uh, the things that we see, but also the things behind the scenes and how we're affecting the world. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said? Amen. Amen. Please remember that if you have a Connect card that you filled out, uh, please stop by the Connection Desk and somebody will get you a free gift. God bless you. Have a great day and a great afternoon.